everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 53 of The Elephant in the Room. I'm your host, Matt Lawson. Uh, we're going to go straight into today's, to today's daily download, which is our news stories for today. And then we've got special guest Pia Kynock on to talk about all things trauma uh, and living your best life. Okay, let's have a look. Uh, alarming way desperate Aussies are dealing with rising supermarket prices. So what are Australians doing to deal with rising supermarket prices? It's actually really uncharted territory how much pricing is going up. Um, the cost of living, living crisis and worse is struggling Aussies that continue to feel the pinch. Some are going to extreme levels. Australian supermarkets are experiencing a surge in shoplifting. So people are going in and shoplifting. I saw a guy at my local Woolworths go in, fill a trolley with everything you could think of, blankets, towels, and everything else. And then I realized another person was filling their trolley with exactly the same stuff. And they both, uh, when they got towards the checkouts, ran to the door and went two different directions there was only one security guard they chased one of them they ditched the trolley the other one kept on going with their trolley there's a lot going on when it comes to this and uh i've seen some pretty sad stories about people who just can't get by they can't live on what they've got coming through at the moment and i saw today on instagram a few of the um people on there were talking about how elbow lied he said the cost of living wouldn't go up energy prices wouldn't go up cost of living is not going to go up under his government you know what this is a controlled demolition. I keep on saying it over and over again, and it will keep on going. This this cost of living crisis is not because of a Russia Ukraine war. It's not because of anything except for greedy corporations uh, rising their prices up and up and up and up and up through the roof. So let's really think about what's going on. The corporations getting greedy, and we are the ones that are suffering. And now today they're talking about interest rates stay, uh, some relief for people. No, there's no relief. There's so many people I know that are on fixed term uh, rates at the moment that are about to run out. If that runs out, they're going to have a 60 to 70% increase in their mortgage overnight. There's going to be so many people losing their properties, but that's all part of what they want. Now, um, I'm going to read another part here. Israeli forces launched biggest military operation in West Bank. So obviously when there was COVID, there was no wars. There was no uh, West Bank was quiet. There were no terrorists. Nothing was going on. This is all just power struggles. There's power games happening right around the world. Now, the big elephant in the room today, because uh, it is quite a long episode and a great chat with Pia, the elephant in the room is Australia is in uncharted bushfire territory amid El Nino threat and warming ocean temperatures. So they're ba blaming warming ocean temperatures for, for what's going on now. And they're saying, um, staring down the battle of a dramatic bushfire season. That's the warning from a panel of climate experts who say Australia's weather is becoming hotter and drier after three years of our La Nina. Flag in the area is believed to be at risk. The Bureau of Meteorology confirmed earlier this month three of four conditions needed for El Nino uh, have been met, meaning there's now around 70% chance of the phenomenon. For July to September, most of Western and Eastern Australia are at least three times as likely than usual to experience unusually high maximum temperatures. Former New South Wales Fire and Rescue Commissioner Greg Mullins warned parts of Australia untouched by the Black Summer bushfires are at risk because of this. We're in uncharted territory, uh, said the Climate Council's El Nino's media briefing. Decades ago, you couldn't have a bad fire season without the intensifying effects of El Nino. Since the Black Saturday fires of 2009 in Victoria, they killed 173 people. You haven't needed El Nino to have a bad fire season because things have warmed so intensely. We're set for a bad year. I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I'd say we're going to get big fires this year. 
climate change is also making fire seasons longer and they're happening simultaneously between states. We're used to our fires in New South Wales from October. We have fires in the Clarence Valley happening now, he said. The other issue with major fires is in the past, fire seasons were sequential. It moved from Queensland to New South Wales down to Victoria. We could share aircraft. Now we get fire seasons that are simultaneous. Massive growth, areas vulnerable to fire. Mullins went on to flag several areas at risk due to intense fuel loads following three years of La Nina rains. Watch the Northern Territory, but what that rain has also done in bushland areas, we've had massive growth. There's been a lot of comment on south coast of New South Wales, areas that were burnt during black summer. Black wattle, the plants are a few centimetres apart. You can't walk through it. It's incredibly thick. And areas that weren't burnt, Sydney, Newcastle, Wollongong, could be vulnerable. So they're really setting us up for a big, big fire season. Now, surely there's things they could be doing now while it's uh, in the period of time where they can actually be doing backburning and getting ourselves ready for this. I really can see that this is a huge uh, land grab that's about to happen with these fire seasons over the next little bit. They need to push this climate change narrative, whether it's rain, fire. Australia is a land of drought and flooding rains. This is what we get. We have fire seasons. We have rain. We have thunderstorms we have we have every type of climate and we've always had it and just speak to the indigenous people of australia and they'll tell you that these fires that they happen it's interesting to note that a lot of these fires are happening on the speed rail exactly the direction that the speed rail is getting put through so not to be a conspiracy theorist but keep an eye on where these fires are going to be over the next little while with no further ado, I'm going to leave that there um, that's all the news for today it's not a big news day and I'm going to jump across thanks Pia. have a great day so now we've got our guest uh, for the day, Pia, coming on to join us. How are you, Pia? I am really good. How are you, Matt? I'm good, thanks. Um, we're just going to have a, a chat, as we always do, and uh, I'm going to throw it over to you because I know you um, like to do your um, drop-in so that everyone feels centred and ready to go. So the mm. court is yours. Thank you. And I actually would love to guide people through literally what I just did. Matt and I had a conversation planned that ended up starting 15 minutes later. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do some breath work. And yep. I also did like a, a big shoulder raise on my breath inhale. And then I dropped my shoulders and I did that three times. And I'm just going to take people through that. It's a type of pendiculation, it's called. And Ooh, as okay, you're, cool. Yeah. And as you're breathing in deeply, like, it, like I'll guide us through it in a minute, but as you raise your shoulders right up, like really put a lot of energy into that contraction like that holding and then when you exhale with power like let it go and then let your shoulders relax and really feel like that end of the exhale really letting go and we're going to yep. do that three times so like in full contraction and then exhale full let go Perfect. and so wherever you yeah wherever you are in your breath cycle I just invite you to exhale fully and then to inhale squeezing 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 and then exhale powerfully let it go we're going to do that two more times inhale deeply shoulders high exhale oh, let that go one more exhale and letting go and if you have this possible to you just allowing your eyes to close you might want to Gently explore where your hands can rest on your body that feels nourishing. For me today, it's actually on my hip flexors. I can feel that there's some tension sitting through my hips and I just want to yeah. hold them and just, I'm just offering my presence and my awareness. I'm not in any way saying that they need to change or shift or do anything else. I'm just offering my touch to myself as a sign of, 
self-awareness that I know that you're there. I'm here with you and I'm here now. And I've gently closed my eyes and I'm just feeling the beat of my own heart and just noticing if you can feel the beat of your own heart. My hands have just now moved to my chest. I'm holding my heart. And I'm just taking a couple of breaths to feel my chest expand as I allow my inspiration to really fill me up. And then that softening as I let go, noticing how my body shifts in that exhale. I'm just calling in the four directions, north, south, east and west, the four seasons, Yeah. winter, spring, summer, autumn. I'm calling in the four life cycles, birth, childhood, adulthood and death. And I'm calling in the five elements, fire, air, earth, water and ether. I'm calling in the ancestors and spirits of the land on which each of us are residing. Each of us have our own ancestors. We all have our own rich community of physical and non-physical that are here to support us. And here, Matt and I are, we're creating this brave space for exploration where each mm -hmm. of us are sharing energetically or physically, and we can all find this beautiful equilibrium, a balance, a dynamic harmonizing in the giving and receiving of a community. And as you bring even more awareness to your arrival here in this conversation, like really bringing in your senses, bringing in your ability to listen to receive and then also to give energetically when it feels right for you from whatever you do receive in this conversation really settling through your body through your breath Matt and I are just going to really bring aliveness in this now moment in this conversation that is here to serve you welcome <laughs> it's beautiful uh, to be here I like it I think it's um it, it's such a nice way to come into a conversation because I think a lot of people are are you know, on the run, on the move, you know, they have their lives happening and and quite often what, what I'm finding, and I've given you a bit of the feedback, I'm getting feedback from people when they listen to your particular, you know, segment on the podcast and they're saying they just love it because it's a moment of grounding, it's a moment of just listening and breathing and, and I think that's a really important thing. So thank you very, mm. very much. Yeah, um, just going to touch on a couple of things. I just noticed on your Instagram page, have you had a change of name? Oh, yes, I changed it okay. to Pia, the spiritual <laughs> yeah. naturopath, partly because I'm on a mission to grow my audience. Like I really want to engage with more people and share even more of the information that I've gathered, gathered across my lifetime. And yeah. I just felt that that name was a better reflection of um, kind of the, the, the knowledge that I hold through, you know, high science, high spirituality. And yeah. I feel like in a short sentence, people can kind of get it, but it's a little bit more catchy than Pia, kind of holistic education. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. So it's so it's now um so it's now Pia underscore the underscore spiritual underscore naturopath. So yes, <laughs> really easy to find. So that's on Instagram. Um, yeah, and I just I just created a TikTok account. I changed oh, over wow. my YouTube channel, and so I do have um you know a few free you know video trainings on YouTube if people want to connect with that as well. Like I'm yep. looking to do more regular offerings for free to help people understand more about themselves and how they can optimize how they are engaging in life and what their level of aliveness is and their energy yeah I love that that's fantastic so that's where everyone has to find you I apologize again my voice is still a little bit off and I may cough a few times obviously last week I didn't have Pierre on because I had man flu and I obviously thought I was dying like you know 
it was the worst thing ever. Um, but mm. we're back here now. <laughs> yeah. And what I was going to say. <laughs> I can support people energetically and physically as well with coughs. If anybody else has some physical things going on, I do do one-on-one sessions for people. I just want to let everyone know that too. Like Because I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like when it, um <laughs> when you go through like a flu or a cold or whatever, and I was mentioning it to you earlier when I first started chatting to you today, um, you're getting rid of a lot of toxicity in your body, whether it's physical, mental, it can be a bit of everything. And I, and I think I'm going through a journey and I, I, that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today is we're all going through our own journeys. We're all going through our own life lessons. We're all learning. We're all moving. Some people maybe aren't getting any lessons that they're just living their life and just going through their day to day without any thought process at all about growth or anything else. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, when you come across people, because what I'm finding is the more I'm dealing with my trauma and the more more I'm learning about myself and growing, the more I notice other people that maybe haven't started a journey yet, but maybe I think in my head they need to. And it can be quite frustrating to watch people going through life, not really, you know, growing and, and learning and, and suffering because of the trauma they've got. How do you, because you're like the guru, how do you (laughs) see these things happening and how do you just allow people to find their space without sort of getting frustrated? Because I know for me, I can sometimes get, I'm like a really mellow, chilled person, but I still get frustrated when I hear people complaining about life or getting upset and not actually understanding that they have the power to change. And I just wanted to know, how do you deal with seeing that around you everywhere in the world? Mm, yeah, great question. And number number one, I also just quickly want to break down that guru or te- pedestal template. <laughs> I know, I do it all the time. I'm, I always do. I am just, a, I'm just another human on my own journey. And I mean, every bit of information that I share, you, everyone already knows it. It's just another place of remembering. And so same yeah. when I'm learning from other people, I'm, someone says something and I'm like, oh, I feel that. Like I already knew it. I just needed to remember. So I just want yeah. everyone to know that. And I, def- I of- definitely put you on a pedestal. I, I see you as like this spiritual <laughs> dynamo. And then when you say something like, today you said my dog headbutted me, I'm like, that can't happen to you because you're perfect <laughs> and nothing bad happens to you. So, yeah, I get it. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, and it's a good thing for everyone to remember. And it's a perfect segue into this conversation because when we are kind of pointing the finger at other people, I just, even if you were to point your finger right now physically, how many yep. fingers are pointing back at you? <laughs> three. (laughs) There's one pointing up, one pointing in front, and there's three fingers pointing back at you. And so when we're placing our awareness and attention on someone else and saying, oh, that something in them needs fixing, I still believe that we're either deflecting attention from ourselves, like we're taking ourselves out of our own present moment experience, and we're making somebody else wrong, which keeps this frequency of not enough, not worthy, like there's something in you that needs fixing. Um, It just kind of perpetuates that brokenness. And someone like I have been a practitioner for a long time and I absolutely used to think that it was my job to fix people like I came from that paradigm of learning where someone was sick or diseased and it was being the guru I know more about you than you do and I it's my thing that's going to fix you and so I've I've had to do a lot of dismantling work in myself for myself and then that ripples out into my community and so when we're frustrated by somebody else that is perfect like it it is it's a sign that we're not a vibrational match necessarily for that person and we can also see 
And so we did just have a little interruption and I just want to acknowledge that because I'm going to start a new sentence and potentially it might not flow on perfectly. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I've got too many recordings, too many people uh, coming onto the podcast, which is a good thing. Anyway, I'll let you keep on going. And so the other thing that's important when we are engaging in creating shifts in the way that we're relating with other people is asking permission from the other person rather yeah. than like dumping what we believe onto another person or like I used to, I used to go to a seminar or a workshop or a retreat or like finish a course and I'd be like, oh my God, I know this. Everyone needs <laughs> to know this. You need this in your life. And I would yeah try and fix people. And again, yeah. it's perpetuating that somebody else is broken or that they don't know enough instead of just claiming it for myself, embodying it myself, integrating it more fully myself, and then not needing to actually necessarily share it, like just offering it in my field so that people could ask me about it or asking permission with another person to share it with them if that's what they want. Because some people are stuck in nervous system patterns yep. that keep them in that victim mindset. They don't yet have enough capacity. They haven't, they don't have that trust and belief in tools, resources, skills, and knowledge to take them out of that victim mindset. And that there's so many different reasons why that might perpetuate, but understanding that someone is basically trapped in a nervous system cycle at that time where they are being a victim can help allow that light of compassion to illuminate where am I at in this moment? How do I choose yeah. to relate to this person? Am I coming from a place of love or am I coming from a place of if I fix you or if I do this for you, to you, then I am valid. I am worthy. I am a rescuer. And I actually do have a free YouTube training on something called the drama triangle. Okay. Yeah. Very. It's very much related to this. So a lot of people in that victim mindset who are like, "Woe is me! Life always happens to me. You know, it's so unfair. This, you know, they, 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 they. like, there's, there's that blaming and that feeling yep. of being judged and victimized, and they need to share that with other people so they feel valid in that role. And so, what a victim also requires to be a victim is a persecutor, and that persecutor could be it could be Mother Earth, also just FYI, like it could be a natural yep. disaster, or it could be some other thing. Or it could be immune dysfunction in the body, or it could be some person who's actually kind of blame, you know, like criticizing, trying to dominate, trying to control the other person. Yeah, and so there's that person persecutor and victim role that plays out and then of course you need a rescuer you need someone to come in who fixes that situation and each of us can dynamically move between these three points of the triangle the yeah. victim the rescuer and the persecutor some of us have a role that we initially play and what you'll find is when you learn more about it you will find that in different group dynamics family dynamics work dynamics just you know different relationship dynamics of life you might naturally attune to one or more of those roles immediately within within yeah. groups of people and once you become aware of those patterns it gives you the power to step out of it until we create awareness we don't really have enough choice and so that's why I like creating space in a yep. person's body in their mind in their heart in their belly to receive that space to have enough awareness to make that next choice if we are just overcrowded with a million different thoughts and judgments and, you know, all of the kind of lower density frequency emotions, then it makes it really hard to tap into the spaciousness within yep. to find enough love and compassion 
to step out of the drama triangle for yourself and for other people. And what happens when we step out of playing those roles is that that automatically dictates that then we are recreating our identity with another person. And that can be very challenging for both parties. Yeah. If all of a sudden you are claiming more of your power, more of your light, more of your voice, more of your expression, and you are creating new boundaries with which you are interacting with the other, that can challenge the other person so much that they don't know how to respond. They could get really angry. They could get really hurt. They could turn into a victim. They could, yeah. you know, do, <laughs> they could, they could do all the things. And this is where, again, when we have built enough capacity to deal with that, like understanding completely that that is their response. I love you and I'm holding space for you. I can see that what I'm doing is really affecting you. And I also know that what I'm choosing to say or do or be in this moment is really important for me. And so is there a way that we can work together to harmonize this? And if we can't, I'm just going to have to step out of this situation. I'm going to have to move myself over here. I'm going to have to take myself, you know, into a new playing field um, because this is the boundary that I have created. And as we create new boundaries and new identities, as we move on in life, what you'll find is that new people come into your life and some people go, and there are these dynamic changes that happen. And the universe is constantly responding to our undercurrent vibration, our undercurrent frequency, our yep. undercurrent energy is what is determining what is manifesting in our life. And so as we're cleaning up our own inner reality and as we're creating that space to receive our own truth, yep. this is when this is when what other people are doing and saying and being and having doesn't doesn't impact us as much. And so that's part of how we get to, I guess, clean up these relationships where we're not really looking at the other and blaming them or judging them for still being stuck in the role that they're playing. Yeah. Um, and and the only other thing that I wanted to drop in about that is that I do believe that we're all gathered here, you know, to co-create the universe and that we are the source. Each of us is the source for our whole life until we die. It is truly our own perspective that creates our own universe. And so when other people are playing different roles, they're doing so to expand our perspective. So if there wasn't someone at this end of the spectrum and there wasn't someone at the other end of the spectrum, how would we know what end of the spectrum we wanted to play in? And so yeah. contrast is part in duality and the masculine, the feminine, the yin, the yang, the light, the dark, the wrong, the right. That's all part <laughs> of how we are creating who we choose to be. And this is like how we are, how we become that powerful creator in the choice that we're navigating moment to moment because we're so aware of how we're relating to the world of inside of us and outside of us. And that's a, an eternal practice. <laughs> I think, and yeah, and I think it's really interesting because particularly the drama triangle, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that will listen and go, oh my gosh, like that's that's, <laughs> where, that's where I sit. I'd never thought of it that way. And, and I did it myself just then because you, you, you sit and you go through these, uh, you go through the motions of, being being all those different aspects of the triangle and sometimes you feel like you're a little bit out of control because you're like in this relationship I'm this way but in this relationship I'm this way am I schizophrenic what's going on like why why do I play all these different roles in these different areas like you know in some relationships you're the strong one and you're the one who knows things and you're the wise one and then in other relationships you feel like this little person that doesn't really understand the world because the people you're around are so so um aware of what's happening around them and it's it's really interesting. I, I I think one thing that I get asked quite often is, um, and hopefully you can help with it as well, is when people are in a relationship. So say 
um, someone comes into a relationship, and I know relationships are a slightly different dynamic when it comes to being with a partner or whatever else, but mm-hmm. I hear quite often people go into relationships and they say, oh, I always end up in this situation. I always, I don't know why, I always attract the same people. I always end up in this same spot. It sounds like from what you're saying, from the dynamics of the the drama triangle and other things, that you end up in the same spot because you haven't maybe learned something within yourself. And I never really thought of it that way. I always was blaming the external and not the internal. Mm, what are yeah, What are your thoughts on that? Mm, this again so many and I'll begin with <laughs> that I, I do believe that as we're moving through this journey there is so much to learn about the truth of who we are and so as we're learning more and more pieces of the truth of who we are because I do believe that we're a million different like billions of different parts like we have yep. as you just mentioned the part of us that's strong that's part of us that's capable the part of us that's not the part of us yep. that feels broken or whatever like they're just parts 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 and so as we're navigating through life I we attract relationships that feed our trauma bonds like yep. they, they're feeding those parts of us that are strongest and so if we have a part of us that really is running the show that feels inherently unworthy it will attract people places situations things events around that part that matches that vibrational frequency yeah and so you will bond with someone who might fill up you know, they, they might make you feel loved in some way, but there's a dynamic that's undercurrent that's going on the whole time that there might be different words or conversations or um, manipulations unconsciously yep. that yep. just continue those dynamics until people claim a new part of their identity and that new boundary setting that then creates a relationship shift. And yep. it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone has to be like, oh my God, I've, you know, I've t- chosen the wrong partner and I've got to leave them. Like it depends yeah. always on your level of connection to yourself and how you're relating to yourself and creating safety in the skin that we're in as an embedded foundational resource for us to draw on when things get testy outside of us is the, the true gift that each of us can work towards. And of course, if each, you know, if, if for you know, choice or for um, seemingly not choice that we're stuck yeah. in situations that are always consistently dramatic and we don't feel safe, then that's going to be like a longer period of time or it's going to be harder to create that foundation of stability and safety inside just because there's so much flux happening in those stressful events that are consistent in that environment. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think that... um there's definitely a lot of different situations where people do get stuck in, in that dramatic, like um, hard hardship of life because they they aren't quite sure of the best tools to move through it. And you know, it happens in family dynamics. I see people that are stuck in you know family dynamics where them and their mother or them and their father aren't getting along, and they're not quite sure exactly what's going on. I see it in relationship dynamics as well, and mm-hmm. I think. That that was actually a good segue again into what I was going to ask you about. I mentioned it before we came on today. When it comes to self-sabotage, because I know this is this is probably a topic that you could speak about for hours as well. Mm-hmm. When it comes to self-sabotage, I, I see it within myself sometimes that I am in a really good spot. Sometimes for me, if I'm in a good spot, I freak out because I'm feeling great and the world's great and my relationships are great. And then I just make it go to shit. And I'm always like, why the hell do I do this? With self-sabotage within, you know, dynamics of relationships, day-to-day life, is there a 
genetic reason? Is there a spiritual reason? Why do people self-sabotage so often? And, and, you know, from the outside, sometimes you can see someone doing it and you want to just grab them and say, what are you doing? And some people do that and it doesn't generally help to do that. Why, why do people self-sabotage? And are there any tools to help people from the outside or is it really going to be their own journey in the end? So there is so many different tools and it depends on people's receptivity to creating spaciousness and awareness. And again, it does yeah. come down to nervous system regulation. And so the more unsafe that we feel in connection, the more unsafe that we feel to be fully seen, heard, valued, the more we have learned that there is conditions placed upon our acceptance, our love, our kindness, um, our belonging within our tribe environment, whatever, you know, whether it's a family environment, work environment, any yep. sporting environment, any environment. And so our thriving capabilities come from that deep embedded sense of connection to ourself. Like we have the ability to explore and discover and to make mistakes with yep. no worries. Like we we have learned over and over and over again in a consistently available fashion that we are allowed to do that. And not many people I know grew up in that dynamic. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. Like literally, literally, and and not and again, it's not anybody's fault at at all. Like all, this information is passed down generationally, and there's just so many survival patterns that are held in the imprints of not just our own DNA, but of the lived experience of our families and our yeah. caregivers when we were growing up. And there's so many compensatory survival mechanisms that come into play. You know, where people are really coming from that wounded masculine energy wounded feminine energy and when I say that I'm not just talking about you know any gender stereotypes like yeah. every single human being alive has masculine and feminine energy running through them and so when we're coming from a sense of brokenness like we've had to fracture parts of ourselves away we've had to hide what we feel ashamed of you know yeah. some level of expression we have disconnection from the whole from our whole sense of self our whole sense of power and we've got contracted energy stuck in our body. And so at different times and situations when we're feeling overwhelmed and there's that real rise of energy in our body and our body doesn't really know exactly what to do with it, that's when self-sabotage patterns break out. And, yeah. you know, there, there is so many self-sabotage patterns and I've literally dipped into every single one that I'm kind of aware of, like addictions, overthinking and worry, over-controlling, people-pleasing, you know, resistance to opportunities, drama in some way, shape or form, but also things like inaction, apathy, passivity, yes. like just not doing things like full on procrastination and perfectionism, which can really block us because we're so worried about being perfect that sometimes we don't try things and that's where procrastination can come in or we're so busy being perfect that we block intimacy, we block vulnerability, we block yeah. being seen. Um, and so we've got this self-doubt going the whole time, that imposter syndrome going on and yeah there's just so much that comes into self-sabotaging behaviors and again we tend to be in relationships with people that are at a similar level of rupture internally that will have their own self-sabotage patterns they might not necessarily match yeah when we tend to meet people with a similar level of fracturedness you know like yeah. that that because they haven't yet found that 
belief in their own love, their own light. And as we go on that journey and reclaiming more of our own love and our own light, it shifts the lens in which we look at ourselves, our habits, our behaviors, our environment, the people that we're with. Like we literally look at the world, hear the world, touch the world in a really different way when we have more capacity for love. We just have much yeah. more receptivity. And so we don't feel as blocked or as conflicted or as defensive or as protective. You know, like I used to be so defensive when I was in full addiction mode. I mean, if some, if like say my mum asked me how I was and I might not have spoken to her for quite a while, I would yep. immediately take that. She would just say, and she she did come at me like because it had happened so many times with a little bit of a nervous frequency, like she had no idea how I was going to respond or react. She'd ask yep. me how I was and I'd be like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, what are you what are you getting at? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, I mean, sure. I was just, so, I was furious. Like I, I, I couldn't relate because I was feeling so much inner shame. Like how was I? I didn't bloody know. Like I was, yeah. I felt so broken. Like someone just wanting to interact and asking me how I was seemed like such a big overwhelming question that I pushed it away with a fight response. Yep. And then my, and then I was living most of my time in flight response. I was so like, I was overworking. I was, you know, a full workaholism, you know, I was playing extreme levels of sport. I was taking extreme levels of drugs. I was partying. I wasn't sleeping yep. all of the things because I needed to run away from myself. And if someone wanted to stop and connect with me, that was way too much. Yeah. And if if I was pretending for connection, which I did in my work, I did in my sport, I did when I was partying, I had all these different masks that I was able to hold up, that was a fawn response. Like, here I am pleasing you. Here I am with a smile on my face. Yeah. And that was one part of me that I could push out, but it was still draining my life force energy because I had this completely unacknowledged part going, oh, my God, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know actually how to be in this situation. Yeah. So I've been on a journey of, acknowledging these different parts and learning how to relate to them and learning how to care for them basically without needing to fix them without saying that you're shit and and you know I hate you like all the things that I had these internal narratives of I was so judgmental and critical of these inner parts of me I would never even let them surface and that's again yep. where self-sabotage comes up like energy will come out sideways when it doesn't get the opportunity to just grow and flourish and transcend and transmute and transform yeah. And I think that's, I mean, it's really interesting hearing your journey and, and and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that relate in some way, like everyone's different, of course, and we don't ever know what anyone else is going through to an extent, but um, hearing your journey, I'm sure there's other people that have had addictions. I'm a perfectionist. I'm one of these people that always wants to do everything perfectly. And I do exactly what you said. I, I don't do start things because I'm like, if I can't do it perfectly, I don't even want to begin because it's not going to be up to my standards. And I've learned I've learned about myself a lot, <coughs> sorry, particularly over the last few years about who I am in that way as well. I think. Um, and also, can, sorry, can I just say one thing? There? Yeah, it's of course. Not your, it's, it's not your standards, interestingly. It's a pattern that you've learned from yeah. an important figure in your life when you were little. So a lot of the things that, that we have, we believe that is us, that's our personality. They're just literally patterns of behaviors held in our nervous system, in our fascia that our body habitually moves to. And so this is a process of unlearning those patterns and just relearning new ones. And I said that very easily. It takes a little bit more than oh, no, just for that. Sure. that. It's like a you know consistent practice. It's like learning a new language of your body when you're repatterning your body. And as anyone who's learned another language would attest to, it takes a fair bit of consistent effort and practice to learn a new language. And that's exactly the same with our own body. And it's yeah. just about uh, just a point of 
demystifying it. It's just a point of breaking it down and and helping people understand you know, this could be a great start point. This could be, you know, this is how you can continue from here. So we just, you know, need to understand that it doesn't necessarily need to be overwhelming. We're not trying to do it all at once. We're just meeting different parts of us and there's an unlimited, like, number of parts of us. And so we can never get the job done and we can never get it all right. We can never get it all perfect. And that is who we are. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of also when I look at your page and your little videos you do and little tidbits here and there, they all make you think and they make you um, become a little bit more self-aware because you're learning, you go, oh, that resonates with me and that resonates with me and, ah, sometimes I do this and sometimes I do that. So it really gets the brain ticking, which is good sometimes as well. Well, The last thing I wanted to ask you today, because I'm about to run out of time, um, when it comes to, um, you know, when people say I've outgrown someone or you've changed or I've changed is that part of this journey as well? Because I, I see a lot of people I talk to now saying I've lost friends during this last couple of years and or I've lost relationships because I've changed. I'm guessing that in a lot of trauma work, when you do find something different about yourself or a new new aspect of who you are or from your past or from now, that change can mean that you lose people. Um, do you see that happen quite often when you do trauma coaching and, and trauma help? Well, it's not necessarily about what you're losing. It's about what you're gaining. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's a good I knew you were going to say that, actually. <laughs> so, so what we're gaining is literally a new vibration inside of us as we are reclaiming, as I said before, like when we're changing the vibration of who we are, when we have these layers of compassion, self-forgiveness, self-awareness, like we are moving through the world with a whole different frequency, with a whole different state. And so people are going to be magnetized to us and some people are going to be repelled from us. There are some people who cannot stand me, you know, that (laughs) find me very annoying or very whatever. I mean, that's, that's up to them and I'm not here to convince anybody of, you know, how right I am or whatever. Like it's just not part of my journey. And what my journey is is to continue to deepen the connections with people that literally light me up you know it was like when you and I first met and we just felt this nice resonance and yeah it was so easy to talk to each other and I was like I am happy to explore this for as long as that feeling exists and these are the choices that we get to make when we have these levels of self-awareness and when we're moving through life without this deep sense of attachment to any particular outcome then we do have that capacity to receive what's really present in this moment, which is for me in this conversation, it's inspiring. It's expanding. It feels like it's of divine service, you know? So my heart is lit up. And as we move through life, this is what's available to us. So it's not, it's not about I've lost all of these things. I've lost all of these people. There's so many people I don't speak to anymore. It doesn't mean I don't love them. It doesn't mean that I don't have beautiful appreciation of all my past versions of self and all of the people that she was interacting with. Like all of that has been a huge part of my journey. I'm so grateful. I'm so appreciative. I wouldn't be here without every single one of those master teachers. And everyone has been a master teacher. I love it. Without all of the hard times and all of the good times I wouldn't be who I am I can't just block you know the shit bits and just take all the good bits like the shit bits is who made me like that's 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 what sorry so we did get cut off but uh we were talking about self-sabotage so Pierre if you know where you're up to I'll let you keep on going I 
really don't because I went on a whole little <laughs> rant and I I do know that one of the last things that I said when I I actually had my eyes closed when we were when I was talking which is really cute and then when I looked up I realized that our recording had stopped but what I really want to reiterate for everyone is that we we create circumstances from which we get to learn grow and evolve if we so choose and so any those around us that seem to have brought us sadness disappointment tears are absolutely of equal worth value and appreciation to those who brought us love success connection like it's all part of our learning and evolutionary journey and it is revolutionary to choose yourself over and over and for anybody that's listening to this like we are on a revolution like we are choosing the healing pathway and this is the gift that we get to continue to work with over and over so through this act of listening sharing receiving being connecting to self, understanding that there's always deeper layers of connection to self, that there's always deeper layers of love to reach into. There's always deeper layers of compassion and empathy. And these are the pathways that really create the unified or at least um, more accepted world that we would all truly like to live in. And when we really amplify who we are and our unique gifts, this is when we get to contribute in different ways. And we're really honoring our heritage, our ancestors, like all the people that did survive to create us. Like they literally, like there, there were reasons why you were here at the yeah. unique one in 8 billion people that's on this earth, that that's part of this entire galaxy. Like you are part of an ecosystem and we do can, we can and are creating that thriving by being alive in our own light, in our own love. And so releasing self-sabotage patterns, releasing, you know, blame and judgment and criticism, it's not necessarily easy. Not everyone's going to put their hand up to be that, to do that, to do that in a work because it does take consistency. It does take commitment. It does take dedication. Yeah. Like this is something I show up for every day. Do I always feel like it? Absolutely freaking not. <laughs> I can imagine. Absolutely yeah. not. And I, I I, do have lots of distraction mechanisms, self-sabotaging mechanisms mechanisms that say PI much more important than doing the inner work don't connect with your heart right now do this (laughs) you know (laughs) and so this is this is the way this is the beauty way this is the game of life and this is why it it is consistently challenging and if it wasn't we'd be bored (laughs) well you (laughs) You wouldn't you wouldn't have a you wouldn't have a job um I think (laughs) I think yeah. it's, I think it's also really interesting. Sorry, I, that was our last topic, but I'm just going to ask you one more thing because I've got you here now. Yeah. So, and I've yeah. extended yeah. the program. So, um, <laughs> yeah. one 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 last thing. So, with this journey that we're all on, uh, I, I look at some people and I think maybe they're never going to heal their trauma. Like maybe they're just going to go through this life and they're never going to, they're never going to get there. Like I, I watch people this, it's interesting because I watch some people around me that I never thought would actually come out uh, on the other side as a better, better version of themselves. And that's kind of me being a bit judgmental, but watching them and seeing how much they, they've had to deal with from their childhood or their life or their partner or whatever else. And, and, not being I wasn't of the thought process that it's all inner I was like it's all outer and they're suffering because their world's horrible and then suddenly I'll meet up with them the next time and they've gone on this journey and they're like a different person and it's resonating from within their soul and I feel it do you think that all of us end up on this journey do all of us from your experience watching people around you does everyone 
get to a point in their life where they they go through this or are there some people that are just going to kick the the can along the street and never never go through this I, f- I feel like there's plenty of people that might not in their lived experience. However, yep. I truly, I truly believe that in that moment before death, yep. there are revelations and understandings that drop in very, very deeply in that yep. in that moment, in those moments. And it, everyone has a different experience of death. Like I've had so many different ego deaths in this lifetime. Yeah, yeah. I've had I've had my own experiences many times over and recognitions of deaths of identity. And not everyone there's so many there's so much fear around death and yeah. i truly believe that lessons blessings the medicine of our unique life journey and the transformation of regrets all happens in that magical moment of energy transformation from this physical plane into a different dimension yeah. so it's never it's never lost it's never it's not about regrets. It's just I am choosing to live my life with the greatest expansion and perspective shifts and my greatest capacity of love that I choose and not everyone wants to and that's okay. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a really good way to answer it. I think that's a really good way to finish today. I think I've got so many ideas for other things to talk about in the future, but um, <laughs> unfortunately a day only has 24 hours. Now, I'm just going to remind people, so your page on Instagram is um, Pia underscore the underscore spiritual underscore naturopath. I nice. just had a look at your YouTube. I just shared it onto my Facebook. So your YouTube channel is also Pia the Pia the spiritual naturopath. You've yeah. got Facebook as well. Yes, I do. Uh, I I don't think I've changed my Facebook page yet, but I yep. do have that. I do have this new TikTok account as well. Pia the spiritual naturopath. Oh, so brilliant! I, I'm going to be cutting loose. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be dancing up a storm. No. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to say thank you again for the time you give us. It's really beautiful. Um, I'll shoot you all the feedback I'm getting. It's really positive. Um, I hope you have a really great day. And again, thanks for all the insights. And I I look forward to talking to you again soon in the uh, near future. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, everyone. And maybe we just take one more shared breath together, like inhaling deeply and exhaling just to drop into the juiciness of this conversation. Thank you. (laughs) I love it. Thanks, Pia. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.